Nightlock, a Hunger Games podcast. Kira and welcome to Nightlock Podcast. We cover anything and everything related to the Hunger Games franchise through news stories, book analysis, fan fictions, related music, product reviews, as well as other fun segments. Today on the show, I have yet another treat for you listeners. I'm here with Dean O'Carroll, a writer of an original Hunger Games play script, The Humor Games. Welcome to the show, Dean. Hi, Kira. Very happy to be here. Yeah, it's awesome to have you on. I love doing these interviews. It really, you know, shakes up the show a little bit, makes things a little different. <laughs> Now, do you tend to interview people from fandom, or have you had anybody associated with the movies or, or the books in any way, more directly? No, I've done fandom things. I interviewed um, the Katniss Chronicles. I uh, I don't know if you've heard of them. They're an audio drama based on the Hunger Games. Um, oh, yeah, and I interviewed, um, last month we released um, an episode interviewing um, a Hunger Games-inspired band. So, you're my third interview. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah, I don't. I don't know anybody associated with the movie. I don't know many people associated with movies in general. But uh, right. could I, can I hook you up? I I saw Elizabeth Banks on the street once, but no, that's that's not <laughs> that doesn't count. That's awesome, though. That's more than I have. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, can you start by telling us a little bit about your play? Sure. Sure. Well, it's a parody. Um, I uh, uh, that's that, that's sort of what I I've been doing lately. Is that I'm uh, I, I write. Uh, all right, plays. Uh, my target sort of market is like high school and middle school drama clubs, and uh, and I've sort of found this little niche for myself where I write parodies of popular um, uh, sort of you know young adult things. I, I've done uh, two Harry Potter parodies um, when and, and someday I'm going to write the the third and final part of that. And uh, I did a, a Twilight parody and a short parody of, of Glee, um, and uh, and those have been produced around the country and you know some, even some international productions. So they've uh, uh, they seem to have, uh, have found uh, uh, you know found a, an audience. Definitely, and, yeah. Um, and it's, and it's really fun. And uh, and so I uh, so Hunger Games was sort of was the next one you know on my list as soon as I uh, I started reading it. Uh, this that was I guess that was the first thing that I approached sort of with an eye towards parodying. And I, I read the Harry Potter books just for fun. Mm -hmm. I never actually read Twilight. <laughs> I, That's uh, okay. <laughs> I, wrote, I wrote my Twilight parody mostly based on its Wikipedia entry. I, I did not actually uh, read the books or see the movies. So right. uh, 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 and it, 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 it may show that uh, that certainly of my parodies follows the original plot the least. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, but, Humor Games, uh, but Hunger Games I, I read and uh, enjoyed very much. Um, and sort of always in the back of my mind was, well, this is, you know, it's the next big thing. So I should probably uh, take a stab at this. And, and the title came so naturally. I had to Google it once I came up with the title of Humor Games to, uh, to see if that had been used anywhere else. And it's, as far as I can tell, like maybe some improv groups had used that for like names of their shows and, and things. Uh, but, uh, I don't think any sort of full scale parodies have, uh, have been done. There was, did the Harvard Lampoon or somebody do a Hunger Games parody with a, the different name? From the, the Hungry Games, I forget exactly what it was, but um, I, I think I, I think I'm in the clear on the title "Humor Games." Yeah, uh, <laughs> well, it's a but, perfect title. It really fits everything because you know it's from the Hunger Games, but it also describes the play well, so it it works. I'm, I'm very happy with it. Yeah, because my first of my Harry Potter parodies is called uh, "Sally Cotter and the Censored Stone," and it's and it's been very successful. But sometimes I wonder. 
I mean, I think it's pretty clear that's a, a riff on Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Definitely. But I, I, I've run into a couple of people who thought that it might be like dirty because of the title Censored Stone. Oh. So, uh, and it's not. It's extremely PG right. <laughs> rated. Um, but uh, so, I, so I wonder if that might have hurt me just a little bit. And my uh, my Twilight parody, since Twilight is just one word, hard to sort of parry that mm-hmm. parody that too much. Uh, so it's, it's called New Kids at Vampire High, and it's not just Twilight; it's other vampire stuff in there too. Oh. So so that's why. Um, and and that one has uh, had a big bunch of productions early on, and then has dropped off recently. And I wonder if uh, you know if, if the lack of a, a clear parody title is uh, is part of that. Um, but anyway, but uh, Humor Games, I, I'm, uh, I'm I think that uh, I, I think that's my best title so far. Yeah, I really like it. It's clear to the point. It's perfect. <laughs> so you mentioned that you read the books first for The Hunger Games. So when did you become like a fan of The Hunger Games? Oh, let's see. Well, it's I had been meaning to read it for a long time because I knew it was sort of was out there. I knew it was sort of, you know, even if I never parodied it, I, I thought I would probably enjoy it. I you know I, I, I like sci-fi. I like uh, young adult stuff. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and so many of my friends, I, I made so many friends in the Harry Potter fandom and, and they were, you know, as caught up in this. Mm-hmm. So I just sort of meaning to get around to it. And then one day uh, I went to the pool, uh, at the local pool where I was living in Los Angeles. Uh, this might have been my wife was pregnant with our, our twins. And uh, we have, we have three-year-old twins now. And, uh, and I, at the public pool, uh, there was a table where people had just donated books. And there was a copy of Hunger Games there. And it was just, you know, like, take it. So like, okay, I took it. And uh, I read it and I loved it. And then immediately got the, uh, the next two um, and, uh, and really enjoyed it. I, uh, I will say this. I, I thought the books are great, and uh, and my in my head, my idea, I, I couldn't help but compare it to Harry Potter as sort mm-hmm. of you know the, uh, um, and I think in many ways, Hunger Games is superior to Harry Potter. Not in every way, but in in, in many ways, just as a as a work of art, as a clear vision, I think it, it might it might be a little bit better. Not that Harry Potter is bad. I love Harry Potter, mm-hmm. but. I know that I will reread Harry Potter multiple times. I'll read it to my kids. I'll read it for my own enjoyment again. I don't know if I will read Hunger Games again. I'm watching the movies and I'm enjoying those. And I certainly went back to, to, you know, to refresh myself on, on certain elements. But I don't know if I'll sit down and read them again. I feel like for me that might have been a, a one-time only experience. I imagine you probably read them multiple times. because Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, I if have to because I have to know what I'm talking about. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but because uh, I remember also thinking at the time that if I, you know, worked really, really hard, um, and, and I'm not talking about parodies here, but if I worked really hard, I could have written like a C plus version of Harry Potter. I could have come up with, with something, you know, you know, in the ballpark of as good as that in that sort of genre on my own. Right. Hunger Games, never. I never could have come up with anything like that. Mostly just because my brain doesn't work that way. I'm, I'm a fairly optimistic person. I, I, I'm uh, uh, I'm not naturally drawn towards sort of uh, dystopian uh, futures. I'm, the I'm, dark, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm I'm more of a Star Trek guy than a Blade Runner guy. Okay. Sort of my visions of of the future, um, but uh, but it absolutely. But you know, which again speaks to the books that since it's not something I would naturally be inclined to in, in that sense, I it completely drew me in, and I loved it. And I think that you know, it's and that was about the characters. That was about the uh, uh, just the the style. Um, now, for me, and let me ask you this: for me. The first book, Hunger Games, is is definitely my favorite, and uh, and and the next two, though I like them both, were each a step down. Did you feel that way, or do you like all three equally? I have to say, the first one's probably my favorite because it's like in most series, I feel like the first is my favorite, just because that's the, your introduction to all the characters, and you just get really excited about the series and the plot and all that. 
Um, but I have to say Catching Fire was right up there with it. Um, for me, it was a step down from Mockingjay when I originally read it um, because it was so different. It was dark. It was it was more about politics. And I was younger when I read it, too. I was a sophomore in high school uh, when I read um, Mockingjay. But reading it again as I'm older, I can appreciate it a little bit more. Um, you know, just looking at certain things, how Katniss has PTSD and everything and, you know, people have depression, anxiety, all that. So I can, I think I can appreciate it a little bit more, but I yeah. think originally and still to this day, I do uh, like The Hunger Games and Catching Fire more, definitely. Yeah. I, um, you know, the, the Catching Fire movie really um, made me appreciate the book more in a, in a weird way. Because when I first read the book, I was reading it and I, I, I was enjoying it. And then we got to the point where they were going to do another Hunger Games. I felt like, oh, this just feels like a, a retread. We're just sort of repeating the same thing for the first book. Right. Um, and, but then I realized, you know, seeing the movie that, oh, no, I, I, I closed my mind down way too soon. And then I just sort of read the rest of the book a little too rote. Um, when I, you know, clearly it, it, it's a very different situation. And it's, you know, it's being used differently dramatically. And it's uh, it, it's it's not at all a retread of the original scenario. It's you know it it uses that that creation of the plot in a wholly different way. Um, and it, it took the movie for me to to realize that. And uh, so that's uh, that, well, that speaks poorly of me as a reader. But uh, um, <laughs> well, it speaks highly of Francis Lawrence, the director. So <laughs> it does. Yeah, I uh, um, I like both of the movies. I uh, well, I love that uh, that Suzanne Collins is. Uh, she she's credited with both screenplays, right? As a co-writer on both screenplays. I believe so. Yes, okay. not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, that sounds right. Thank you. And I I, I like that uh, for a number of reasons because I mean, it definitely you know, means it's her vision. Mm -hmm. um, but I that makes me feel very good about the scenes that are in the movies that are not in the books. That I mean, I think it's it's the books have to be from you know uh, from Katniss's point of view, which is which is so great and so important. Um, and it took me until I think maybe midway through the third book to realize that it was all in the present tense, which is like, which is the first line in my play. Um, right. I saw, like, yeah. you know, I started reading the play and everything. I was like, oh, this is funny. Cause it's like people that are, um, big fans can appreciate all the little things in the play. Whereas, you know, people that are like, know of the Hunger Games, some of it would kind of fly over their head, but it's like, you know, just the way you start, it's like, oh, that's perfect. Cause as soon as you start the book, you're like, I, this, I, that, you know, and you're just yeah. thrown right into it. That, uh, that it all seems so immediate and, and happening right now because uh, of that, uh, that use of the present tense. Anyway, but, so, but I th I'm so glad that – so I thought that the, uh, the movies would have to use voiceover because there's no way you could capture that. And then I really thought they made a good choice to say, no, we're not doing the books. We're doing the movie. We're, uh, so we'll have scenes that are not from Katniss's point of view. We'll get to see behind the scenes. We'll get to see uh, a little bit more of, uh, uh, of the other sides of things, and, uh, and, and we'll just tell the story cinematically. And so I, I really appreciated that as, uh, as the challenge, because I know that when I was sitting there thinking, like, if I was doing a straight-up adaptation of this, it would just be so much voiceover to really capture the feeling of the book. But uh, it, it captures the feeling of the book without, you know, just being the book, uh, which I appreciate. Definitely. Yeah, it kind of, I feel like the first movie is very raw, and the second one's much more polished. And I mean, that's the books too, because the second one is you're much more in the capital and um, you have the capital influence more than the first book. But um, yeah, it's definitely that change. And I was listening to your last episode when you were talking about the movie, and I, I think you had the same reaction I had to, um, uh, to the casting that the two actors, um, uh, Sam Claflin? Claflin. Claflin. Sam Claflin and uh, yeah. probably Jenna Malone. Jenna Malone, yeah. Yes. Two actors, not how I picture the characters at all, particularly Jenna Malone. 
um, but so good and so, you know, uh, just so inhabited those characters and, and, and brought them to life. So, um, yeah, so I, I, uh, I definitely have my eyes wide open for, for, the, uh, for the, the last movie. I, I trust them uh, completely. But now we're talking about them. I should be talking about myself and my You plan. should be. Yeah, let's yes. promote yourself here. <laughs> All right. So, um, so the plot of the play is uh, it's a parody of, of all three books. Um, though I certainly do spend more time, uh, you know, mirroring the plot of, of the first one. Um, it's uh, it, it's similar. My my main character is uh, is Catskills Wintergreen, <laughs> and uh, she is uh, uh, she lives in a post apocalyptic future, and uh, she volunteers to take her sister's place in the humor games, which are similarly uh, teenagers pitted against each other. Um, in uh, in a, a a battle to the death, except that it's all comedy based. So every district has its own style of comedy, and uh, and so there's you know bad puns and physical comedy and prop comedy and uh, and so on. And and uh, somehow this all <laughs> results in in uh, so many of these characters dying. Um, it's uh, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, of dark humor to that. Um, and uh, and then of course in in the second act of the play, which is is the uh, the second and third books, pretty much uh, Katniss gets drawn into the rebellion against uh, because her uh, oh Cat Skills I think I said Katniss by mistake that that's a problem like if you'll find in the script when I actually oh I'm sure right you just say, mentally you know, just go right there <laughs> exactly yeah um, whoops and uh, that she uh, rather than archery her her main skill is that she can do a flawless imitation of the president. Uh, nice. Who is in the play is is also a woman. I, I, I changed a few characters uh, from male to female, mostly for practical purposes. Just that I know that uh, you know since these are going to be done by high schools and middle schools, I know that you know and for high schools and middle school drama clubs, you know more a lot more girls show up to auditions than boys, and yep. so they. Uh, I remember doing musicals like we do Guys and Dolls, and we would have you know twelve guys and forty dolls, and uh, and uh, so it was uh, it was very imbalanced. Um, so anyway, so yeah, so the president is a woman. Her name is uh, is Nobiz El Showbiz, and uh, Caskills does a, a flawless imitation of her, which sort of launches her to stardom and, and begins to show the cracks in the armor of the uh, uh, the government in the district of capital. Interesting. So you still have that dynamic, you know, from in the books between Katniss and uh, the President Snow to now in the play, you, you still have that uh, dynamic because a lot of people, you know, it's like I never really. Um, I don't know, latched onto it kind of thing. Like it was there, but I never really analyzed it too much. But other people, it's like, it's a big thing for them. Mm -hmm. um, well, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted her to have this, you know, one particular hook. And I, you know, I wanted the play to not be just a parody. I wanted to have some sort of, you know, resonant themes to it. And, uh, and, and one of them is sort of, you know, what is the purpose of comedy? What is the power of comedy? And, and it's, um, it is at least in part to sort of, you know, give power to the powerless that, you know, no, in real life, we can't, you know, we don't have, we have limited power to like, to, to dictate and control our leaders and the, the rich and powerful, but we can, we can mock them. We can make fun of them. And, you know, and that's there. Um, and that's, uh, and that is a, a real power. And, uh, um, and so that's, so that's, that's one of the, the themes in the play that pops up there is that, uh, just the fact that she has this ability and that she's so beloved for it, um, is uh, is what keeps her alive and makes her her, her gives her power. the The character of uh, of the president is not too much like Snow in that she's much more sort of frantic and harried and and anxious. She's not sort of the the calm, cool, collected President Snow. She's uh, <laughs> she's much more uh, clearly disturbed by uh, what's going on around her. 
Okay. All right. Cool. So then are there any original characters of yours in there? Are they all like somewhat loosely based on characters in the Hunger Games? I have, there, there are parodies of most of the main characters. I, since I'm trying to fit all three books into just one play, some characters get short shrift. I was, I was writing along and I realized that I, I hadn't included Cinna yet. And I actually, I went on Facebook and I asked some of my friends, like, if I, if I don't have Cinna, will you guys miss it? And they said, yes, we need to have Cinna. So I would say the, that too. Yeah. Yeah. Towards <laughs> the very end. Uh, yeah. It, rather, rather than being uh, her dresser for the, uh, for the actual games, uh, Cinna doesn't show up until she's in the, uh, uh, the, the parody of District 13, which in the play is District Ophiocus. Um, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, but that's not a word I made up. That was, you remember, so in, uh, do you remember a few years ago, there was this big news that, uh, um, there actually was a 13th Zodiac sign, um, yeah, that, that should that. be stuck in there. It was like, it was news for about a week and then people stopped caring about it because they realized that it's just astrology. It's not something we need to get too upset about. <laughs> right. Um, so, but I, when I was coming up with that, so I don't want to just call mine just the numbers again. And I was going through, do I give them the letters? Do I use like Greek letters or what? And then I was, oh, there's 12 uh, districts plus a secret 13th one. There's 12 zodiac signs plus a secret 13th one. So, uh, so all the districts are named after zodiac signs. And then the, uh, the lost one is, is the, uh, the quote-unquote new zodiac sign that we learned about a few years ago called Ophiuchus. Yeah, when um, I was reading it, I, um, I assumed that it was over Greek gods because I think it could double as that, right? Aren't the zodiac signs after Greek gods or something like that? Um, they're all from... Greek or maybe Roman mythology. I, okay. I think, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't think any of them are gods. I think they're all. Well, a lot of them are animals or and uh, and, and, and and characters from mythology. I don't, I don't think any are gods. Don't okay. quote me on that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, but okay, cool. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, so Cena doesn't show up until uh, Dystrophiocus, and um, uh, I, I realized that I didn't have much for Finnick to do, and then so Finnick shows up toward the end too, and. Uh, so I, I tried to cram, and he, he's named. So Cinna is uh, Cinna Monica, and, and uh, Finnick is spinach, and, <laughs> um, and and he's he's basically Popeye. Some of the characters I sort of riff more on their names than anything else. Right. Um, and uh, so so uh, yeah. So most so all the main characters are parodies, are direct parodies of characters from the books. Um, there are other characters who uh, who pop up here here and there. Um, uh, there's I. It's a very, very large cast, and I actually just yesterday finished a spreadsheet that I was working on to, uh, of how you could double the characters. Because I, uh, I wanted to have a large cast. I know that a lot of kids show up for these plays, and they want to cast as many kids as possible. Um, uh, and uh, so I wanted to have a large cast, but there's lots of chances for doubling. So somebody can be you know, a, 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 in a crowd scene in one scene and then have a, you know, a, a small part throughout the show if they're not playing a lead role. And, so, and also that's just good because – it's never fun. Well, it's, I won't say it's never fun, but uh, it can be a little frustrating to be just in the chorus, um, yeah. to just be sort of in, in the crowd scenes. And I, this this way, you know, there are speaking parts for you know, thirty or forty kids if you need that. Um, wow! But I but I worked out that you could do the play with sixteen actors. Um, so so anywhere between sixteen and probably you know forty or fifty people could uh, could do this play. So that does mean I, that there are lots of uh, minor characters. Um, there are some. Characters uh, a few years ago, if you remember the earthquake that hit Haiti about mm -hmm. four years ago, um, and a group that I work with sometimes called the Harry Potter Alliance, um, which is uh, an organization that sort of uh, uses Harry Potter fandom to, to do good in the world, sort of, you know, very passionate fandom. How can we sort of turn that passion to actually, you know, do positive things? Um, founded by a, a brilliant guy named Andrew Slack. And he, um, he organized uh, not just Harry Potter fandom, but fandoms of all different. Uh, 
you know, TV shows and, and books and, and movies and everything to, uh, to come together uh, to raise money for a group called uh, Partners in Health, which was going to bring medical supplies down to Haiti. And, uh, and the, one of the big things they did was an auction. So uh, they, got, they got some celebrity to donate things. J.K. Rowling donated, I think, a, some signed books and a, a card. And, uh, and I donated um, a signed copy of my plays. And then, um, and then sort of on a whim, I said, oh, and hey, how about this? I'll, uh, uh, in your next X number of, of donors, I'll, uh, I'll name a character after them in my next play. Um, and uh, so there's five or, five or six people bid on that. And, uh, and so I, I, I've incorporated their names into this play. Why did it take me four years? Well, because I have these small children now in my life and my, uh, my writing has slowed down a little bit. This is the first uh, full-length play I've written since my, uh, my kids were born in 2010. Um, and... Uh, uh, yeah, so so there's some that, so all these characters have these very silly names, you know, parody names of the already you know somewhat uh, uh, unusual names from the books. Um, but uh, then you hit this patch where there's suddenly these characters uh, who are all previous contestants in former uh, humor games, um, who all have uh, fairly normal names, and they're all named after uh, these people who uh, who gave donations. And then, you know, just other characters who pop up like uh, you know, Pickles the Clown and uh, uh, so, some. Uh, some brothers who will be very familiar to any Marx Brothers fans uh, run through once or twice and, and so on. Um, there's, uh, like I said, it's, it's a play that is at least in part about comedy. And so there's lots of different sort of, you know, allusions to form bits of comedy. There's a Monty Python riff. There's a, uh, uh, there's Marx Brothers. There's clowning. There's Popeye. There's lo lots of uh, uh, Warner Brothers cartoons all, all sort of, you know, uh, mushed in there. My, my mother uh, is a college professor and she says she wants to write a, uh, like a concordance to go with the play to explain nice. all the references and allusions. Like, well, okay, mom, I'd appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, but, you know, but uh, almost all your favorite characters will be there. There's, uh, you know, uh, uh, the, the two boys in Catskill's life are uh, uh, Gable Sevenhouse, um, and uh, which is, you know, Gail Hawthorne, Nathaniel Hawthorne wrote The House of the Seven Gables. Um, I know that's, <laughs> I don't expect everybody to get all of these references, but you don't have to. It's, you know, um, right. There's a few deeper things for fans. That yeah. Really yeah. There are a few, few deeper things for fandom or references that, uh, you know, uh, that you might have to Google to, to get. And I don't necessarily, so I don't think the audience needs to understand every single name to appreciate the play altogether. It's, you know, um, uh, PETA is called Tweeta and he does talk uh, entirely in tweets, uh, early on before eventually sort of getting over it. Uh, Haymitch hey is uh, Ainge Fitch Ab Abercrombie, um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, let's see who else is there. Uh, 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 Caesar, I say she's still on Caesar. Actually, he's, he's Caesar Sydney after Sid Caesar, the old uh, early Golden Age of TV comic, um, oh. and uh, President Showbiz and the president. Panem is of, Panfire. <laughs> yeah, Panfire. The country's called Panfire, um, as in uh, out of the frying pan and into the fire, um, and. Uh, 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 let's see, uh, Marvel is Excelsior, and he talks like Stan Lee. Um, uh, Rue is Rhubarb. Uh, uh, Prim is, is Dim Hopes. Um, <laughs> though I will say this, she lives in, my, uh, in the play. She does not oh, die. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's uh, 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 several characters who die in the original uh, live in, in mine. Because um, I didn't particularly want my right? comedy to end in a bloodbath. <laughs> um, right. All the, all the deaths are in the middle. Um, um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, so it's, it's, it's very silly. It's very sort of, you know, man magazine, uh, uh, style, uh, in, in some ways. Um, but, uh, but I think it's a lot of fun. I think that, uh, I think that, you know, whether you're a fan of the books or not, you, there's, uh, there's stuff that people enjoy in it. Um, 
And it's about to be published. It's going to be published by uh, by PlayScripts Inc., who publishes my other parodies. And um, I've, I've got to get off uh, the final draft of them very soon. And it uh, should be out probably late spring or, or early summer. And I hope we'll be in the catalog for the fall. Wow, awesome. So some, you know, uh, middle schools and high schools will pick it up and um, perform it and everything. Um, is there a way that fans can find out, like, where the performances will be, if they're going to be near their hometown or anything? Sure, sure. Well, I'm... I haven't uh, put it together yet, but I will start a Facebook page for it. Okay. Because uh, uh, I had that for my, my other plays uh, where I, I always post about playing productions. Um, when it's uh, – PlayScripts also does lists. Um, they, uh, you can go on the, to the PlayScripts website, and for every play, they list all the productions, uh, including some uh, – you know, everyone that's been booked, so upcoming and one that's already come to pass. And you can always follow me on Twitter. I'm uh, O'Carroll – no, I'm sorry. I'm Dean O'Carroll on Twitter. Um, uh, I, I haven't always been tweeting about every production because that could be a, a, a little annoying. Um, right. uh, but uh, but you know, follow me on Twitter for other things. Um, and uh, yeah, and if you want, want uh, to to do it uh, yourself, um, you can reach out to me uh, through Twitter or, uh, um, or 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 through Facebook or through Kira, and um, and I can I can I can send a copy, a sort of uh, I can send free copies for people to read until it's actually published, basically. Okay. Um, and then after that, uh, you can you'll be able to read most of it on the PlayScript website when it's up. Um, they they let you read like ninety five percent of the plays, so all but the last couple of pages. Uh, you can read for free, um, and then book your own production and uh, and have fun. Nice. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Definitely. We'll we'll be sure to you know um, fans, listeners. If it's easier for you to just email me directly, I'll be sure to forward it on to Dean. And as soon as you get the Facebook page up, we'll promote that too. So we'll we'll keep everybody linked in on everything. What other inspirations have you had to you know be writing plays and everything you know other than Susan Collins and the authors of uh, the plays or the sure. books that you've ad- adapted? Oh well, I've been I've worked in theater for since I was a, a kid. I grew up in a theatrical family. My my father's an actor. Oh. My brother's an actor. My uncle's an actor. I grew up watching my father and uncle in plays a lot. So I just sort of fell into it quite naturally, and. Um, and I was working for years in children's theater, writing um, adaptations of uh, uh, of you know, fairy tales and older children's books, all stuff in the public domain. That I so you know, didn't have to deal with living authors or or rights. Right. And um, and so I uh, so I've been doing those for for years and enjoying it and and, get, and working with theaters and then getting you know, sometimes published and, and produced elsewhere. And um, around 2000, when I first read the Harry Potter books, I thought like, oh, I would really love to. Uh, uh, to adapt these for the stage, and I actually just you know just sort of for fun for an exercise, I wrote an adaptation of of uh, uh, Sorcerer's Stone, and then also on a whim, I sent a letter off to J.K. Rowling saying you know hey could I have the rights to actually stage this sometime? Not expecting to get any sort of a response, but I figured you know worth a try. Yeah, worth a try. Cost me a couple stamps, and I actually did get an email from her people um, saying thanks for your interest. Um, it's uh, the stage rights won't be available till 2006, I think. Um, and, uh, uh, and, and so, uh, so I sort of moved on, uh, but I still was always in the back of my head. And then I got the idea, well, I can't do a straight up adaptation of it, but I could do a parody. Um, so I did. So I, I, I wrote my parody of it. I didn't know quite what to do with it. I, I tried to get in touch with some theaters that I'd worked with and none of them seemed all that interested. So I took, uh, the then unusual step for me of sending it straight to a publisher, um, without any sort of test production and, uh, and, uh, and one publisher rejected it, and the other one, uh, PlayScripts, accepted it, and, uh, and it got published, and it, and it got produced. And it's a little weird for me to not have 
been in on, on the ground floor of the first production, sort of be there. I, I often direct the first production, um, but uh, not, or, but I at least will you know sort of watch it uh, happen and, and so I can make some changes and so on. And so that was a little different for me, just seeing it happen without actually being there. But uh, uh, but it seems to have worked. And uh, and the great thing is that I can be in touch with the directors. Place Scripts gives me the email contact for. Uh, uh, for the directors uh, uh, at the, the schools or theaters that are doing the shows, That's and cool. uh, and I I always write like a little sort of you know opening nights break a leg sort of message. Um, and early on, I was writing at the beginning saying let me be a resource, and then I realized that they don't really need me as a resource. You know, the, the script is what it is, and it's you know it's out of my hands now. It's for them. Right, it can uh, stand by itself. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and that's, you know, a, a thing about, uh, well, I think for all artists that eventually you have to finish your product and let it go into the world and let it be interpreted by other people. But I think especially people who write things that are to be performed, whether it's, you know, it's a, it's a play or a screenplay or, or a song that after a while, it's not yours anymore. It belongs to the people who are performing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and that's another thing that I, I try to leave room in these plays for, you know, for the, the directors and the, and the, the actors uh, to really bring their own interpretations in there. Um, so something like um, Catskills being able to do an imitation of the president. I don't dictate what that voice should sound like, nor do I think I could in print. Uh, <laughs> but, I, but I say, like, early on, get, get these two actresses together and have them develop the character voice together uh, so that they're both, you know, talking the same way. And, uh, and I, I think that's a, that's a fun project for, uh, uh, for any actor, but certainly a young actor. Um, and, uh, and and so there's other places, you know. And so I, and I, 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 there's little characters, so so you know, even actors who don't aren't playing one of the principal roles have a chance to shine. Um, I uh, uh, you know I I think I know my my market and what they uh, uh, what they need and, and what they like, and um, uh, I, I, I hope that uh, this clicks too. Definitely, yeah. So how long does it take to write a script, or how long does it take to write this one? Uh, well, I mean, <laughs> everything changed so much when I had those babies because uh, okay. I because uh, I, I I'm the one at home. My wife is the one who works outside the house, and I'm I'm at home. And I uh, um, they were born in uh, summer of 2010, and uh, and I wrote short stuff like I wrote the Glee parody, and I wrote uh, uh, some other short stuff, and um, in between then. But uh, you know, it's it's hard because little babies need you, and uh, and they're bigger now. They're in preschool now, and. Uh, but we have another new baby. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, we have we have our third now, who's only uh, three months old, and uh, and it's uh, it's 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 hard to to find the time, and and it's hard to you know not say like oh finally my kids are taking a nap, I'll take one too. Actually, no, this is your time to do your own thing. Right, um, that work life balance is hard to hard to it's hit. Very, it's very hard. Yeah. So I started writing humor games probably um, last fall, I would guess, probably fall twenty twelve. And uh, um, and it was going pretty slowly. And then this summer, uh, my wife and I were able to get away for a little while. Um, she had a conference to go to in Savannah, um, and uh, it was our tenth anniversary. So we uh, we turned that sort of into our anniversary trip. So she would go to the conference during the day, and then we were able to do things together uh, at night. But during the day, I was able to be in the hotel room uh, or in a nearby coffee shop or something, uh, just writing. And I wrote most of the uh, most of humor games there. Um, and uh, and that was that was uh, that was really good. I hope I don't always have to you know fly away from my children to write plays <laughs> or or um, write during your vacations too. <laughs> yeah, or or work during vacations. Yeah, um, but it was it once I get into a zone with something as as I did for that, it's it, it doesn't feel like work anymore. It, it's just fun because also because it's just so silly and it's so light. I mean, I I have written more serious stuff. I have written more straightforward uh, comedies and, and even dipped into drama. 
Um, but the, this, the, the light, silly stuff like this is just so much fun. Um, and easier for me. And then, and then it just, the, when I, when I figure out like, you know, how I'll parody a certain thing, you know, how I'll have a, a, a certain name, um, and so on. Like I, uh, when I sort of had the realization that, oh, so district 13 is basically sort of a Marxist, you know, government there. I felt like, well, I don't know a great deal about economic Marxism, but I know the Marx Brothers, and so I realized that I could, you know, have a, a Marx Brothers riff in there. Uh, it was, uh, it was, you know, just a joy. And it's like, oh, I, I, okay, I got to write till I get to that part. And uh, um, and that's so. This th- that was the way that the, certainly the first uh, Sally Cotter play was for me, and this one also. Just that uh, once I really got into it, it was just so much fun that I really just wanted to leap back to the uh, uh, to to my computer every day to uh, to to get going on it. Um, and I hope I uh, hope I'm, uh, that the next one works like that too. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, once you get those creative juices flowing, it's hard to uh, it's hard to get away and do something else, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, last question before we end: um, Do you have a favorite line from the play that you'd like to share with us, or like a quick funny scene or something, just to give our fans a little preview? Oh, sure, sure. Um, oh, you know, I should have. I, I should have like recorded a scene. Uh, I did that for the Salicata plays. I should have. I should have done that. Oh. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's lots. Of, I uh, there's lots of parts that I I love. I love uh, there's at at the point where Tweeta you know, on TV confesses his love for Catskills, and she's flipping it about this backstage to uh, uh, to Hamish, or sorry, to Inchfitch, <laughs> and uh, uh, at one point she says, "But it's not real," and he says, "You're the one who keeps talking to the audience." Uh, so I, that's a moment I, I like a lot, and uh, and. Uh, there's a moment where Catskills gets trapped in uh, uh, sort of the equivalent of her being stuck up in the tree uh, with with all the uh, um, uh, the the District One and, and Twos down below her. Careers, yeah. Is, yeah, the right uh, when is uh, she gets stuck on a, a stage, uh, forced into doing a, a one woman show, and she has to try to improvise a one woman show. Um, and when she hears that, she says, "One woman show? What am I, a graduate student?" Um, <laughs> and uh, just. I suppose a nod to my own grad school days. Um, uh, so, so I, yeah, there's, there's lots of little moments that I like, and uh, and, and oftentimes the stuff that I like most is not going to be the stuff that's going to be uh, the, the the most fun on stage because everybody glomps onto their own thing. Like I think in my my uh, Harry Potter parody, I think that the scenes set in cl- the classrooms are the weakest uh, in the play. I don't think they're bad, but I don't like them as much as the other ones. But uh, oftentimes uh, the students who do it tell me they, that, that those are their favorite parts. I understand why because that's their life, being in class, and uh, and doing a, a funny classroom scene is is you know is probably a little cathartic for them because they have to you know sit through their classes sometimes. Right on um, stage, they can be you know acting and have lots of fun and everything. Right. So uh, so so I, I imagine that probably a lot of students will like you know maybe the the teen romance type stuff. They like. Uh, um, the, 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 they almost they almost always like the names um, that the, the the parody names. That was something I, I learned after the first Sally Cotter play. That um, you know, uh, I had a fairly small cast in that one, um, and schools would occasionally add more characters. They come up with their own parody names of other Harry Potter characters. So then in my second one, I realized, oh, I need to just stick in as many as possible. So I, there are a couple scenes in there that's just sort of like a parade of one or two line characters, you know, who are, uh, are parodies of, of those. So I, I did as many as I possibly could. And, and some of them are in odd places, like my, my BT character is in the first humor games instead of being in the, in, there's only one humor games in the play. Okay. And so instead of being part of the rebellion, he's, uh, he's a, a representative in the first one. Um, and, uh, and same with, uh, same with Joanna, um, 
and uh, and and they both die actually. So oh, there you go. Okay. It's uh, so so a couple of characters who uh, I forget. Does BT die in the third book? Or does he live? Oh, I want to say he lives, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. I haven't read yeah. Red Mockingjay in a while. I just finished, you know, all the Catching Fire stuff. But oh, your your, your fans are going to be mad at us for not remembering. Oh, this. I know. I get emails <laughs> complaining. Email us in. Let me know, guys. Uh, uh, but yeah, so uh, yeah, so jo- Johanna is also the. Um, uh, who is it who who's, uh, who uh, who Thresh kills to and, and saves saves Cat uh, saves Cadness in uh, um, Clove? Clove, right? Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. So uh, jo- Joanna is sort of in, in, takes the place of Clove for that moment. Um, okay. She, she's the one. Yeah, she kills uh, she kills Rhubarb. Rhubarb. Rhubarb becomes Rhubarb. I think I said <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So it's um, uh, yeah. So I, I think that the fans will 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 like the uh, the character names and and the riffs and sort of the the the. the the tweaks and spans I put on the uh, on the original. Um, at least I hope they do. I please understand that this is uh, a, a parody, a respectful parody. I really think that the the originals are uh, uh, are very good. It's that's that's one big difference that my Harry Potter parodies. I, I love the Harry Potter books. It, I think it's a respectful parody. There's a couple of little riffs on moments where I, I think, like I always thought the Quidditch was kind of silly, so my Quidditch is especially ridiculous, and I uh, I. I Certain plot elements in the fourth book, uh, I, I think, are a little flimsy, and I do uh, I, I do mention that in my parody. Um, but for the most part, it's very gentle, very loving. Um, Twilight, since I have issues with with Twilight, uh, uh, even though, as I said, I have not read or seen the movies, issues with you know some of the the uh, some of the themes and some of the messages I think imparted by it. Um, my Twilight parody is a little bit more pointed and nasty towards the original, but yeah. uh, with with humor games, we're definitely back into the the loving parody uh, uh, field. Yeah, I think Twilight kind of lends itself to a, be a making fun of more of a parody than uh, you know for the fans to you know love love it kind of thing. I think so. Definitely, yeah. just the characters in Twilight. You know, certain. You know, it's the the roles of women in there. I always take issue with of you know that's, how Bella that's responds. That's the thing. Yeah, and, and actually, if you anyone who reads my uh, my. Uh, New Kids of Vampire High. The ending is actually quite similar, um, because I, I'm frustrated. I, what frustrates me most with Twilight is that um, that Bella seems to be so sort of defined by how the men in her life love her, and and yeah. uh, and that she, she only finds fulfillment through through the man rather than through her own self, through her own sort of self actualization. And so that play ends with her rejecting both the uh the Edward and the um uh the other guy, Jacob. Oh, nice. Uh, gives, gives her a little bit of, you know, empowerment there. I like that. Right, yeah, and and, uh, and and going off with her sister. This one also ends with um, with Catskills uh not choosing between uh her two uh uh her two suitors and uh, and going off with her sister to sort of find herself. Cause, cause, um Catskills feels like she's uh She's always sort of doing things for other people that she's sort of a puppet, as, as does Katniss. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that, you know, even when she's celebrated, it's for her ability to sound like somebody else rather than to be herself. So it sort of ends with her, you know, really, no, I need to go figure out who I am. And, uh, and so, so that's um, – so, yeah, like I said, I, I, I want it to be more than just a silly parody. I want it to have some, uh, uh, some heart and, and, uh, and, and resonance to it. And uh, and it's 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 in there, and it's in um, my own personal passion for you know all the different kinds of comedy and all the, the ways that comedy affects us. Definitely, yeah, it yeah. sounds perfect, and it's great for you know middle schools, high schoolers, you know, especially you know how your plays end that their the women roles are looking to go find themselves because eventually you know they're going to college, and hopefully that's what they're focusing on, and not you know find, finding a 
finding suitors you said so yeah i uh, i i would hope so um i you know i i don't want to get didactic or tell people this is how you should live your life then i'm no better than you know the other characters telling you this is how you should live your life um but i i, I do want the characters to you know I, I, I saying that i want them to be role models sounds a little pretentious but i at least want them to sort of you know depict a journey that should seem familiar to yeah. uh, uh to a lot of people whether it's something that they themselves have gone through or they, their friends have gone through and so on and that's what i always want to say to people it, uh, i've never gotten any negative reaction from twilight fans to uh, new kids vampire high but um i i always felt like if someone said to me like uh, uh no i didn't you know uh I, I read the books and I love them and I, I don't, I'm not waiting for some sort of handsome vampire prince to come and rescue me from my life. I said, I'm, I'm glad, I would say, I'm glad you, you're not that, but I don't think you can say that nobody who read Twilight did take that away from, that, you know, did take that sort of victimization uh, away from it. Cause I, I think some people did. Yeah. Um, and, uh, um, but, uh, so, so Catskills, you know, starts off as a bit of a victim, and but you know, but takes charge as does as does Katniss, and that's why I think Katniss is such a great character, and that's why I wanted to uh, to have my my silly version of her, uh, you know, have that in common. Definitely, yeah, it's a, it's a good uh, character point for both characters. <laughs> it's funny, I I sometimes my kids they're, they're three years old and they they love stories. I uh, um, I. Uh, <laughs> obviously they're too young for for Hunger Games. A little uh, bit. Yeah, I they and they haven't. Uh, uh, they haven't read the Harry. I haven't read the Harry Potter books to them, or, uh, or 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 seen them. They haven't watched the movies, but uh, they do like me to tell the stories. I only tell the first three books. After the book three, it gets a little too intense for them. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but they like it. They, they 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 like the characters, and they and they uh, uh, they really seem to enjoy the stories. And I tell them sometimes that you know one of Daddy's jobs is to make silly versions of of stories like this. Um, and so sometimes they will make up their own silly versions of things they love, and that's it's nice. They're they're chips off the old block. Right, definitely. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being on the show and everything. Really enjoyed you know, learning more about the play and everything and how our fans can, in the future, see it and everything or maybe even take part in it. Um, well, well, thank you so much for having me on. And I'll, uh, I'll let you know once, uh, you know, once the play is published and once uh, production gets started, if, uh, if there's any uh, near you or any that uh, you want to uh, tell your listeners about. Yeah, and definitely listeners, you know, if, you, if you'd like your school to put it on i'm sure that it can work the other way around where you can contact you know play scripts or you know tell your tell your music director and everything that hey you want to do this and who knows maybe maybe it can be done absolutely absolutely so you can email us with your questions comments and thoughts about dino carroll and his play the humor games at nightlockpodcast at gmail.com and if you want to uh you know contact him too i will definitely forward any emails um to him you can like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash nightlockpodcast. You can follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash nightlockpod, P-O-D. And follow me on Twitter at Kira Deneen, K-I-R-A-D-I-N-E-E-N. And you can follow our lovely guest, Dean, on Twitter at Dean O'Carroll. Um, and you can also, as we mentioned before, um, if you're looking to see the play and uh, see if there are any productions nearby, you can go to playscripts.com. And that's the site for the publisher of the play. Uh, you can be sure to check out nightlockpodcast.com for everything related to the show. Subscribe to us on iTunes for easy access to the show, automatic downloads. If it makes your life a little bit easier. You don't have to see when the next episode's out. You just get alerted. And also, you know, downloads right to your iPod. It's good stuff. And if you're already in iTunes, please leave us a review. Haven't seen uh, any new ones in a while. So definitely, definitely add that in um that's that's my favorite you know emails are great but love to see those itunes reviews because then other people like you could see 
All right. Well, that's all I have for the show today. All right, well, thanks again. I had a great time. Yes. Thanks so much for being on. And uh, we look forward to, you know, hearing the updates for, you know, where the play is at and when it's being performed and all that good stuff. Absolutely. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye-bye.